0: hello and welcome to the break a bat podcast where baseball meets broadway an attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas we're happy to have you with us now let's play ball Hello and welcome to Break a Bat, where baseball meets Broadway and sports meets show business. I'm your host, Al Malafrante, coming at you for the Broadway Podcast Network. Uh, It's one of those special days in the batter's box, as we're fortunate enough to welcome someone who I believe has served as a part of the fabric of our mornings for the better part of the last (laughs) decade. Uh, One thing I've always enjoyed about our special guest tonight is her ability to play a lot of different positions for the incredible team at NBC, and most importantly, play them at a high level. Uh, Whether it be through her work on the Today Show, as the co-host of Third Hour Today, the for NBC News, host of Earth Odyssey, she always brings such an incredible part of herself to every broadcast, as well as tremendous knowledge, and her positive disposition and sense of humor is definitely something I look forward to every morning as I have my coffee. She just authored her very first children's book, Misty the Cloud, A Very Stormy Day, which is published by the fine folks at Random House and is now available for pre-order prior to its official release on October 12th. I'm so grateful she could join us today to talk about the book and so much more. So with that being said, I ask you all to please turn your attention to Home Plate, Just Beyond the Marquee, now batting Dylan Dreyer. Dylan, welcome to Break a
1: Bat. Well, thank you. It's so nice to be here. And I I loved listening to all that stuff. I didn't realize I was so busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good
0: back of the baseball card. You've got some pretty good stats. <laughs>
1: That's true. And I guess I do kind of play all positions. I just kind of go wherever I'm needed and try to do whatever they tell me to do.
0: (laughs) You're Yes, you're the ultimate utility player in that sense. But I will say I am pretty happy that you left your Red Sox hat behind. It means a lot to this (laughs) lifelong Yankee fan.
1: (laughs) Um, Don't tell my husband that I'm not wearing it because he would not be happy about that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself a deal and uh congratulations on the book by the way i know 10 years in the making finally come to fruition you must be so excited
1: i can't, i honestly can't believe it's finally here because it is something that my husband and i came up with years ago we tried to pitch it um everybody we pitched it to wanted to change the idea you know it should be about this or it should be about that and i'm like no there's no story about clouds and it, there's like it's a whole colorful world think of all the things we can do with with clouds um you know and we just kind of stuck to our guns and just and really did what we we could with it you know by finding a co-author who could turn it into more something you know that a a big publishing company would want to pick up and um we ended up just finding all the right pieces and finding all the right people and and it's finally here
0: Oh, it's so exciting. And I did have a chance to read it. I absolutely loved it. I, you know, there were so many interesting, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, so many interesting facets, facets for kids in particular. I mean, you know, just the whole principle of controlling your mood, especially when things aren't going your way. I mean, obviously everything that's gone on with COVID uh, over the past year and a half, a lot of young kids have been confronted with a number of different emotions for the first time you know, understandably, they may not know how to handle that and express themselves. You know, as a mom of two young ones and a third on the way, did that help guide you a lot when you're writing
1: this? Well, it did. So, you know, at first I I kind of... I kind of saw all these parallels between weather and our mood, you know, I mean, you wake up on a sunny day, you want to go outside, you're feeling good, you're happy. As soon as the clouds roll in, you know, it kind of makes you feel grumpy and then thunderstorms sort of feel like when all that rage builds up inside you, you just kind of explode like a thunderstorm. So, um, I kind of had all these parallels in my head. And then as we wrote the book and and watched them play out, um, It was like, wow, this, this really, this really works so much so that even now the book's (laughs) not out yet, but I've read it to Calvin so many times I, I can refer, cause Calvin's been having some temper issues lately, you know, like he gets mad when he falls off his scooter and he just, you know, wants to punch the ground and it's like, okay. Remember when Misty was having a really bad day and she felt like she was going to explode into this thunderstorm and she had to take a deep breath, count to 10, find the joy and things around her. And it's, it gives me now a, a talking point with Calvin to, to relate it to something he understands. So I didn't go into it with that intention of using it in our own home, but it it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it sure does. That that is so funny. I was gonna ask you uh if if you know you had read the book to your kids yet. And it it um one thing I loved about it as well, I have to say, is that activity section. You know, you have you have a part there where kids can actually learn, you know, how many miles away mm-hmm. a storm is, the 3030 rule. Deep down, are you hoping that this might also inspire uh, you know, your the next generation of meteorologists (laughs) perhaps, or your son to follow in your footsteps.
1: (laughs) It it would be nice, you know, at least when he's scared of a thunderstorm or, you know, he's, he's curious about what's going on outside. I, I can explain that to him. And that's what I want this, the back matter of this book to do is for the mom or dad, who's reading this book to their child, Maybe they learn the science behind what exactly causes a thunderstorm. So it's not that we have to just say the angels are bowling up there. You know, it's, it's we can kind of give you the facts behind why a thunderstorm happens. And it takes the fear out of it. I feel like when you know why something is actually happening, it can take the fear out of something that can be scary. And it, it, I don't know if I'm turning Calvin into a meteorologist, but he certainly likes the science behind it. And he also likes the fantasy behind it, too. You know, sometimes he wants to talk about what exactly is happening. Sometimes he just wants to talk about Misty and her friends and and what's happening in their world. You know, so it it is it is fun um, to kind of see his excitement. And and I hope that's the excitement other kids get, too.
0: Oh, I'm sure they will. Now, when you were a young kid, did you have that type of interest?
1: I've always loved weather. I mean, I can remember sitting, we lived in the woods, so we didn't really have like a good sky to look at, to watch a storm roll in, but we would feel the wind and you'd hear the, the leaves rustle and it would start to get just really windy. I don't recommend this, but I remember sitting out on the front porch with my brothers and I would hold these two pairs of sneakers in my hand because I, th- I thought the rubber soles on the sneakers would protect me from getting struck by lightning. Now, as a meteorologist, I realize that's not the safe thing to do, go inside when there's a <laughs> thunderstorm. Um, but then, I, you know, when I went to school, there was no weather. You know, now it's like I talk to first, second, third, fourth graders. They all learn about weather. There's always a weather lesson. But I don't remember ever talking about weather in school. And even when I went to college, when I went to Rutgers, I was going there for engineering because I liked math. I liked science. And I still didn't realize for whatever reason, that meteorology was something I could major in. So that's how I kind of stumbled into it because I didn't really like engineering and I was doing all this math and science anyway. So I ended up just sort of like, oh, meteorology. I've always liked the weather. That sounds fun. So hopefully this introduces kids to weather a little, little earlier on than I, I was exposed to it.
0: Yeah, I oh, I think it definitely will. And it's, you know, it's just such an accessible read. It's so creative. Uh, one thing I have to know, because, you know, we have a little bit of a sports backdrop here. <laughs> the, you know, you talk about growing up uh, in the woods. I know you're a Jersey girl originally. Mm-hmm. The, the story opening on a softball field, was that an homage to your playing days <laughs> at Manalapan High School?
1: <laughs> I I played soft. I played t-ball. I remember as I was five years old, I was the only girl on the team. And I loved it because I grew up with two older brothers. They were always in the backyard having a catch. I always wanted to be doing whatever they were doing. So I started, I started playing when I was about five years old. Um, I didn't go on to play in college. I just, I wasn't good enough to play at Rutgers. But um, part of the, the thing, part of the thinking was with the baseball, I kind of grew up like a tomboy. And I feel like, you know, having two boys, I knew I wanted Misty to be a girl because I'm trying to get girls more interested in science and, and weather and all that. I knew I wanted a human to parallel Misty. So I wanted that to be a girl too. But I, I didn't want it to be all girly girly, you know, because I wanted it to be something I can read to my boys. I wanted it to be something that could cross, you know, wasn't just for girls or wasn't just for boys. Yeah, I wanted it to just be something that was a little bit of both. So I thought if if she's playing baseball, boys understand that. Girls understand that too. And here we go. So it just it just seemed like the right the right combination.
0: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, one thing I do have to ask you: I, I'm such a huge fan of the sports crossovers that you're a part of on Third Hour Today. But <laughs> I, you know, I know you used to work up in Boston. But does it ever pain your inner Jersey girl <laughs> when you're rocking the Red Sox hat on TV? <laughs>
1: Well, it's funny because my brother obviously grew up in Jersey with me. My brother was always a Roger Clemens fan, you know, so he got me into the Red Sox early on, you know, back in his older days. And then when I moved to Boston, you know, I, I just I met my husband. It was, you know, when you when you work in Boston, you embrace all of Boston or else you are not embraced. <laughs> so you, you jump on the bandwagon for, for Boston. And then once I was, I mean, I worked there for about six years. So then when I met my husband and he's a diehard Patriots, Red Sox fan, it just made sense. You know, it was, it was somebody to cheer the team on with and, and we got to watch together. So we went to so many Red Sox games. I have my name signed in the green monster on the inside at Fenway park. Although if I went there, I'm not sure I could ever find it. Because there's like a million names, but it is, it is there somewhere. Um So yeah, I kind of, I kind of made the switch.
0: Wow. Well, I don't know if you want to go behind the uh, green monster. I heard that uh, Manny Ramirez used to do some damage <laughs> back there.
1: <laughs> it doesn't smell great back there. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Were you there um when you were working up there? That was right around when they won the
1: 07 World Series. If memory serves. Yeah, I was there. Wait, when did I get there? I got, geez, I got there in 2000. Oh my goodness. I can't even remember what year I started there. I think I got there in 2007. And then I was there till 2012.
0: Okay. All right, so... You were there you all right you so you were there for a championship okay yeah uh-huh.
1: oh yeah yeah no i was definitely there for a championship <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know you know just being such a big sports fan um and you know you talked about your tomboy upbringing i mean I'm sh- i can only imagine how proud your whole family is of everything you've accomplished how surreal has it been for you to have had the opportunity to cover the olympics for example in such a big way on nbc is there a story or two that stands out most from south korea
1: it's funny because the thing that stands out to me most from South Korea was when I got the flu. <laughs> it was yeah. it was legit the sickest I've ever been in my life. But at the same time because I had, Calvin was young at the time when I when I went over for the Olympics, it was kind of nice to just be in isolated in a hotel room by myself because if I was home, you know, you still have to do the laundry, you still have to cook dinner, you still have to take care of everything around you. But um, you know, being isolated in a hotel in South Korea with the flu was People just brought me food and <laughs> I just laid around. Um, so that's when I first think of South Korea, what sticks out in my mind. Um, but then, so I, I would go for NBC Sports. So I got to do a lot of the feature stories, um, you know, the fun stuff. And I remember following the parents of two of the players on the, the US women's hockey team. We just randomly found parents who were willing to go along with this whole story for us. And it just ended up being one of those crazy things where the U.S. women's hockey team kept winning and they kept winning and they went on to win the gold. And it was just we just had this idea to follow some hockey players, moms and and dads, you know, just to kind of see what it's like to be a parent, um, watch watching your child play. And it just ended up I didn't get to watch the gold medal game because I had to leave before then, but it was still, you know, I felt proud because I was, I was with these parents the whole time. So that, that's one thing that sticks out to me the most.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, I hopefully, you know, I I know this year was a little bit complicated, but the next time uh, we have the Olympics, you'll be a part of the coverage because you do such a great job. I mean, like we, we talked about that, you know, the utility player parallel earlier. Do, Do you like kind of being the jack of all trades on the team? I feel like it makes you just like such a unique part of the lineup.
1: I I really do, Um, you know, because weather's my bread and butter. That's that's what I – you could put me on TV at any time, and I I know the weather inside and out. I can talk about that. But I get excited to do, you know, something like the Olympics, or I get to cover the Kentucky Derby, or because I cover the Kentucky Derby, I got to cover the Royal Ascot in in London. And then these golf tournaments, because, sure, there's Carson Daly, who's, you know, the resident, like, really good golfer. I'm just – I'm just having fun. Uh, But he's so busy with the voice and everything else he's got going on. So why not send Dylan to go cover um, the open in Scotland? Sure. I'll go, you know? So it's, it's like, it's crazy that I I get to do all this sports stuff because it is what I really love, but they like me to do it because I'm not doing it from an expert's point of view. I'm doing it from a a fan's point of view and especially a, a female fan, you know? So it's, it's, it, I, I try to just share my excitement about it because I—it's all stuff that I enjoy being a part of and I enjoy watching. And I, I try to just bring that excitement to to people who may not be as interested in it, and hopefully, they can share in my excitement.
0: Oh, I absolutely! I, I think they certainly do. And you know, you're so universally loved, especially among the Today crew. Are you as close off camera as it seems like you are on camera? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's, that's one thing that's really cool because, you know, when you work early, early morning hours, you, you really want to like the people you work with. And there's something about the crew, especially that we have right now. We all just, we really do just get along. Hoda and I, um, we actually have a beach house next to each other. Our kids are friends. Um, They're both four and a half. So, you know, Calvin wakes up in the morning. Hey, Haley, you want to play? sure. I'll be right over, you know? So they're just like yelling over the fence to each other. So, um, so that's really special. And Alan Chanel and I, we have our radio show on Sirius XM where we just talk about anything and everything. And it was just, I don't know. It's just, and Craig is fun and, and Carson and I, we've played golf together several times and, Um, You know, Savannah and I are both, our boys are kind of around the same age too. So I remember just being pregnant together and, you know, the excitement of having kids together. And it's, it's, it's really just been very, very special. It's, it's, it's a good place to work.
0: Oh, I can only imagine. And like I said, really a part of the fabric of our mornings. It's like, it's something I, especially, you know, being at home, you know, working from home over the past year and a half, you know, getting to actually watch Third Hour Today live and everything. It's just like, it's been such a treat and it's been so great to see the way the show's evolved too now. It's just
1: like it's yeah, such a Yeah, we kind of found our groove. I'm glad you're watching. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> we There's a little bit of a learning curve, you know, because when we first started coming you know, working from home, we had the four of us in a box and, you know, we're talking over each other and we didn't really know if we should kind of keep things newsier because it was COVID and it was this pandemic and everything was very news heavy um, and Black Lives Matter. And it was, you know, we really got into just a heavy news cycle. So the, the show kind of took a heavy news turn. But then when we all kind of came back together, we found, I think, a good balance, you know, to hit the news off the top. Here's what you need to know. Here's what people are talking about. But we're also going to show you those those heartwarming stories, the funny stories, especially when we do our buddy ups and we get to (laughs) we get to rag on (laughs) each other on the mini golf course or in bowling or whatever ridiculous thing it is that we're doing. (laughs)
0: it's absolutely awesome dylan and uh you know i i know you're a bit of a broadway fan by the way um and i know Mm -hmm. that of course i mentioned earlier that you are pregnant with child number three but do you see yourself making uh making your way to some shows this fall now that we're opening back up
1: i sure hope so i mean my biggest wish was i mean calvin my four and a half year old he is obsessed with hamilton especially, you know, when it came out on Disney plus, he knows all the songs we can put it on and he will just zone out and just, he's obsessed with it. So I just actually mentioned that Craig, I said, I wish I could get, you know, Calvin tickets for his birthday in December. And I wasn't even thinking, he's like, yeah, you know, I wanted to do that for my son too, but because of COVID, you know, I don't think they're going to let a five-year-old in. So it's like, oh, right. So I love, my husband and I both love Broadway so much, but we know Calvin would love it too. And we just, we wish we could start taking him. Um, but we're just going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. I think.
0: We're going to need more releases on Disney plus then like <laughs> what you were talking about with it Hamilton. It makes it yeah. easier. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And um, Dylan is it an official welcoming to the baseball meets Broadway community. I'd uh, like to play a little game with you. Okay. Uh, we used to wrap every show on break a bat. I want you to picture yourself in the batter's box at Manalapan High School, let's say. Ninth inning, two <laughs> outs, <laughs> games on the line. I don't know if Aralda Chapman went to school in the area, but he's on the mound throwing 100 miles an hour. You got to think quick. Th- fastball Derby, I'll ask you a question. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. And since you're such a great storyteller, if you want to throw some of theirs, those okay. in there too. Okay, these make me nervous. It. I am so bad at
1: stuff like this. Don't I worry. Not. Good, I, was on a, I also wasn't a good clutch hitter either. So. <laughs> I'm not going to call
0: you A-Rod because I feel like that would just be too much of an insult, but you do have something in common now. (laughs) Uh, um, All right. Let's see how you do, Dylan. Um, Okay. Easy one first. Favorite New York City meal?
1: Ooh, I love carbone. It's it's a tough reservation to get, but when you do, we just eat our hearts out.
0: (laughs) Biggest difference between New York and Boston?
1: I find New York is a lot easier to walk around. Um, In Boston, you don't really, you kind of need a car. It's not as easy to hop on the subway and go from point A to point B. But in New York, I mean, I can get on the subway. I can end up in wherever I want to go. I find New York is a lot easier to get around. Favorite sitcom? Seinfeld. Just always has been. Give you have a favorite
0: episode? I'm really curious to hear what it is.
1: My favorite episode is These Pretzels Are Making Me Thirsty. I don't know the name <laughs> of the episode, but were they all at some point throughout the episode, These Pretzels Are Making Me Thirsty. <laughs> That's <a> favorite.
0: <laughs> favorite film?
1: Ooh. Like favorite old school film or favorite newer film? It's hard oh. to decide.
0: I mean, there's no rules in Fastball Derby. You could go well, any era that you want.
1: <laughs> one of my favorite movies to pop on is The Other Guys. I know it's totally random um, with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and Will Ferrell. It's one of it's it's just my feel good movie that makes me laugh every single time. It's so random, but it's one of my favorite movies.
0: <laughs> Actually, uh, this next question kind of pertains to one of the co stars of uh, The Other Guys. I, I know you're a Red Sox fan, but if you had to pick one, are you Team Derek Jeter or Team Alex Rodriguez?
1: Ooh, I'm gonna go with Derek Jeter. I I like some, I mean, I like somebody who isn't that cocky. And I feel like A-Rod can just just take it to a whole new level.
0: (laughs) Yes, he can. Has he ever come on set, by the way, at the Today Show?
1: He has. And he was very nice and very kind. Um, But it's more like what you what. I see what everybody else sees on social media and in the newspapers and stuff. So that's (laughs) kind of what I'm basing it off of.
0: (laughs) Yes. There are some people that should just not have Instagram. They really shouldn't. And he's certainly one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. A code of conduct. Um, Okay. I was excited to ask you this question and I, I, I think I know how you might answer it after what you told me before, but what is your favorite today show Halloween costume?
1: Ooh. Um, it was a lot of fun playing Roxy Hart last year. I mean, that was... To be able to do a dance where I keep up with Chanel um, was was pretty awesome. And it was just fun to... You know, I'm thinking of my first Halloween, I dressed up as a kite. Like I was Charlie Brown's kite. <laughs> oh Literally, yeah, now it was Charlie Brown. <laughs> it was, I was on roller skates. He wheeled me around. All you saw was my face like popping out of this big orange kite. So I felt... I'm like, I kind of want something where I feel a little, you know, cooler. And I, I felt a lot cooler <laughs> doing the dance <laughs> at Chicago last year.
0: <laughs> Are you a natural dancer? I mean, because, you know, I, I, I thought you might have answered with uh, Elaine Bennis because you did those little kicks and everything. That's but do you right.
1: have a dance Um, I'm more of an Elaine Bennis type dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you mentioned Roxy Hart. If you could be the lead in one Broadway musical... Is it Roxy Hart or a different role?
1: I mean, that would certainly give me an advantage since I already know one of the dances. So I I think that's probably my safest bet. I cannot sing though. Like can't can't sing a lick of anything. I try to sing Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star to my boys and it's just like, mom, that's good. We're good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So if you even try to join in with Calvin while he's singing Room Where It Happens at age four, he's just not going to have any of it?
1: (laughs) No, he actually tells me, mom, stop singing. (laughs) (laughs)
0: what's your favorite or most memorable night on broadway
1: um i think when i went to see book of mormon with my husband he he got me tickets for my birthday and i was pregnant with i was pregnant with cal no i was pregnant with calvin at the time um I remember being very uncomfortable, but enjoying the show so much that it was like the first time I was able to ignore how uncomfortable I was. Like when I'm watching a movie or even if I'm sitting on the couch, I just get the restless legs. You know, I just get fidgety. And when I'm pregnant, I get that much more fidgety and that much more uncomfortable. And it was just the funniest thing I've ever seen. I just enjoyed every second of it. And it was kind of like our last big night out before... The kids came. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I thought
0: I saw a video of you uh, hitting some beach balls at Escape to Margaritaville. It looks like you always have a good time when you're at the theater.
1: <laughs> I actually loved Escape to Margaritaville. I was, I don't know where my, my mindset was, but you know, when the line came up where there's they're kind of singing about like, and a lot, there's my lost shaker of salt. And I was like, Oh, that's like, that's like the song. Like <laughs> My husband's like, yeah, you didn't see where that was going. <laughs> that was genius. So I, I enjoyed that, that show a lot.
0: <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, favorite holiday tradition.
1: Um, favorite holiday tradition, which I can't wait to start this year with my boys growing up. We always had to sit on the stairs, and it was me and my brothers. Even when we came home from college, like we had to sit on the stairs and wait until my dad finished getting dressed and brushed his teeth and went downstairs and made the coffee. We were not allowed to rush into the living room on Christmas morning until my dad gave us the okay. And we've, you know, we've just been in a small New York City apartment since Calvin is born. Um, But now that we have a beach house that has stairs, and I cannot wait for the boys to sit on the stairs. And just carry on that tradition. I mean, I literally have pictures of every year of my life sitting on the stairs, um, whether I was three years old or or twenty-three years old. So I, I can't wait to pass that tradition on to my boys.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. I love that one. Um, all right. Now these are gonna be the uh, final three pitches of the at bat and they might get a little bit they might get really tough. It might go from a hundred miles an hour to a hundred and a <laughs> hundred miles an hour to one oh five here, okay? Oh, geez. <laughs> Fact about Dylan Dreyer that would surprise people the most.
1: Huh. Well, I mean, people already know about my turtle tattoo. I've, I've already divulged that information before. I think when I'm, I'm obsessed with the 50s, 50s music, 50s furniture, 50s like style kitchens, like I'm obsessed with the 50s and 60s. If I put on like 50s on five or 60s on six on Sirius XM, I literally could sing along to every, every single song. And I think it's because my dad was a mechanic, you know. And growing up, I he knew I always liked the '50s. He would take a cassette tape. Remember when you could put like tape over the holes so you could record over whatever the cassette was? Did you ever do that? I actually didn't
0: do that. I remember cassette tapes quite well, but I didn't know that that was a little life hack. Yes, yeah, so if, if
1: you took a little, if you took a, a cassette that you don't like, you know, whatever it is, and you put electrical tape over the holes in the top, you could record over that. So my dad would take these tapes and record over them and just come home with these 50s music played off of, you know, whatever 101.5 or whatever oldie station he was listening to. And he would bring them home to me and it was just the most special thing. So I think that's why I just have this this fondness for, for the 50s and 60s.
0: I think what you need at your beach house for this year's uh, Christmas celebration is a jukebox because it's funny you mentioned that I love... Awesome. I love all like the '50s and '60s like Christmas tunes more than like oh, anything yeah. else, even more than the modern stuff. So I think that Me you can make too. this a real party. Oh, that's amazing <laughs> that you say! It. Wow, I love it. <laughs> okay, how about this one? Proudest moment of your career?
1: I would say it was—I don't remember the date, but it was whatever winter that was absolutely brutal, where we had the first mention of the polar vortex. And I remember I would leave on a Sunday night. I'd travel to Chicago or Minneapolis or wherever the coldest spot was. And I'd stay there all week. And then I'd come home and then I'd go back out. And I was basically telling the same story over and over again. It's cold. It's snowy. It's cold. It's snowy. So I think when I had to tell the story of snow in Chicago, I found a whole bunch of pizza boxes and I you know called all the pizza places and we stacked up pizza boxes as high as the snowfall they've received that year, you know? So it was just like this really creative way to tell the same story. And I remember ever since that winter, it was after that where I started filling in for Al a lot more. I started getting a lot more opportunities. You know, I've I got to fill in co-hosting other shows and now it kind of s- not, no pun intended snowballed into where I am now. And I really do think it was just that winter when I just had to stretch my brain, stretch my skills and, tell the same story over and over again, but find creative ways to do it. So I'm, I'm always going to be proud of that winter.
0: Love that answer. And um, all right, Dylan, this is the last one. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you?
1: Ooh, best piece of advice. I would say there was a meteorologist I worked with in Rhode Island. His name was John Giorci. Um, he was... Older than me, but he was such a mentor. And the thing I loved about him is, you know, weather can be so much hype. You know, you you a lot of especially local news, you know, you kind of hype up the storm. You have to hype up this, you have to hype up that. And he was just even keeled, tell it like it is. You know, here's the information, here's how I'm gonna deliver it, like it or not. And people loved him. You know, he was he was no like frills or didn't do anything crazy it was just he was himself and I think it wasn't so much spoken advice to me but it was watching someone be true to themselves do what they do in the same you know field that I was in and just if people don't like it they don't like it but I I would rather I would rather someone not likes me would I would rather somebody not like me for being me as opposed to me trying to pretend to be someone else or me trying to be someone else. And they don't like me because of that. It's like, no, 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 wait, give me a second chance. I wasn't really being myself. So I think it's really just be confident in who you are because there's nobody like you and, and people can take it or leave it. You know, who, who cares what other people think? Just be yourself.
0: Dylan, what a cool way to come full circle to home plate, because I mentioned in the intro, I just love how you, Bring such a part of yourself to every broadcast. Like you're such a light for people, and it's so cool to hear that you know you have this foundation of knowledge mm-hmm. that you know and and mentors and everything like that. So, um, you know, thank you for all the great work you do. And I'm like so excited for folks to read Missy <laughs> the Cloud. Will you sign thank my you. copy for me at some point?
1: Absolutely, <laughs> I'd be happy to. I'll sign
0: it twice. <laughs> Dylan, you're the absolute best. I cannot thank you enough for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. It was great talking with you.
0: Great talking with you as well. And for the folks at home, like I said earlier, be sure to get your copy of Misty the Cloud, A Very Stormy Day, uh, available for official release on October 12th, and you can pre-order it now as well. Uh, For the folks at home, cannot thank you enough for joining us tonight. This is Al Malafrante signing off from the batter's box. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time.